This week's parsha, as parsha has told us, at the beginning of the parsha we find that Yitzchak marries Rivka when he was forty years old. Rivka, we're told, was an akara; she could not have children, and Yitzchak goes and davens for her. Vayata is a washing of tefillah. The Targum says, V'tzali Yitzchak. Yitzchak davens Tashem l'neichach ishtai. Vayayase lo Hashem. And Hashem answers him. He listens to his tefillah. Vata Rivka ishtai. And Rivka's wife becomes pregnant. So Rashi explains what's going on beneath the surface of this pasuk. When Neichach Ishtai, he davened when Neichach, Neichach is a Russian opposite. And Rashi says that Yitzchak was davening in one corner of the room, Rivka was davening in the opposite corner of the room, because they were both davening to the Rebbeinu even though the pasuk doesn't say anything about Rivka davening. But L'neichach Ishtai means that they were both davening, but they were davening in opposite corners. And then, by Yehoseh Hashem, who gets answered? He gets answered. Yitzchak's feelings were answered, and not Rivka's. And Rashi explains, She'ene doimet feelings sadik ben sadik, with feelings sadik ben Rosh you can't compare the davening of a tzaddik, the son of a tzaddik, and that was what Yitzchak was, Yitzchak ben Avram, versus the tefillah of a tzaddik ben Rasha, who, albeit a very chash of a tefillah, no doubt, but the fact that Rivka's father was a Rasha did not give it as much clout in terms of being this kabbal to the Rabbani Shalom as much as Yitzchak's. And that, of course, needs a lot of Hezbeh, because it doesn't seem to be fair. Why should Rivka suffer? After all, shouldn't she actually be rewarded more if she's a tzaddik than Russia? So that should give her more pride in a way. She's a Baal Shuba. The Makim She Baal Shuba, I made ain't tzaddikin gemur michaim lamay. A Baal Shuba is on a higher madrega than a tzaddik. Anyway, but be it as it may, that's Rashi's track. And this year, I saw a different shot in these Tukim, and it was from the Alshech, and it resonated. The Alshech, in his famous commentary to the Chumash, says as follows, that there's a Gemara in Yevamis that says, and that not only was Rivka an Akara, but Yitzchak was an Akar. They were both not able to have children. Biologically, there was a problem not only with her, but with him. And so they both needed a Yeshua. Not only did Rivka need a Yeshua, that she should be able to conceive, but Yitzchak needed a Yeshua as well, that he should be able to make her conceive. And so they both needed a Yeshua from the Rabbi Yishon, independent of one another. Obviously, they needed it together also. But they were both davening and they both needed a Yeshua from the Rabbi Shalom, each for their personal needs. Yitzchak davened l'neichach ishtay. And what that means is that Yitzchak davened in a different way than Rivka. 
he davened for Rivka. Not only did he daven for himself, but he also davened that Rivka should have a Yeshua. And when that happened, that was a very big kayak that he had, because we know there's a famous command of a camera on that Tzadi Beis of an Aleph, and the Gemara says as follows, if you daven for somebody else, it's something that I need personally. But I daven for you, who needs that same thing? He will get answered first. If I daven for you, you need the same thing as I do. But I put my personal needs aside for the moment and I daven for you, then I will be answered before you. That's the kayak of a tefillah of davening for somebody else who needs the same thing as you. Zav da'alshech hakadish. Because Yitzchak daven on behalf of Rivka. Vayata Yitzchak la'ashem. Why? Lameichach ishtay is davening for his wife, Kiyakarai, because she was an akara. What about him being an akara? Now that I'm going to put aside for a moment. I'm davening for her life. She's an akara. She needs a Yeshua. I also need a Yeshua. But I'm davening for her right now that she should have a Yeshua, that she shouldn't be an akara. Hashem. Hashem answered whom? Hashem answered him. He was menetchila because he davened in a different posture. He davened from a posture that I'm not davening for myself right now. I'm giving you my tefillah. I'm davening for you because you're an akara. Not that I'm, you know, absolved from any problem. I'm perfect, so I'm davening for you. I have the same problem as you. You're an akara and I'm an akara. But I'm going to put aside my problem of being an akara. I'm putting that on the back burner. I'm going to put your problem of being an akara on the front burner. And I'm going to dive into the Rebbeinu for you. And guess what happens? Hashem will always answer such a tefillah first. Based on this Ashech, I wanted to explain a Medrash and Parashas Rabbah right here on this Pasuk when it says, Listen to the Medrash. Melame Shei Yitzchak Aymer Yitzchak said in his tefillah, when Nechach Ishtay, Kol Abonim Shatan Naisimli Yiyum and Atzadekes Hazu. All the children that you're going to give me, I don't want them from any other woman. I want them all from her. Meaning there's always a plan B over here. Even if it doesn't work out with Rifka, if she stays in Atara, I could go and find another wife. And theoretically, Rivka could do the same. Rivka saying, listen, he's an author. If, even if you answer my tefillah, but, you know, and I'm no longer an author, he's still an author, I can marry somebody else. But the Russian, the beauty of the Russian of the tefillah, both Yitzchak and Rivka was, that Yitzchak says that all the banim that you will give me, Hashem, whatever child you give me, and all the children that you will give me, I only want them from her. I don't want to marry another woman. I want to marry only Rivka, and I'm married to Rivka, and that's the only woman I will ever be married to, and all the children that I have should be from her and her alone. 
the Gamiyam Rashi also said a, a similar feel, but listen to the Russian. There's a nuance here. Kara Banu Shata Asid Litainli all the children that you will give me in the future, should be from him, should be from Yitzchak, no, no one else. And the Mepharshim are aiming on this discrepancy in Russian. Yitzchak says, and Rivka says, that you're going to in the future give me, and they're all aiming, and they're what is this Russian? Why don't they say the same Russian? Why are, what's the Asadli family? And I think according to the Alshad, that's very good. Because since Yitzchak was the one that was davening first, and not only davening first, but he davened for her, according to his chat, it makes very good sense for Russian and Medrash, because he's going to be answered first. Who nanet So call a bottom shot, and nice and you're going to give me children, you're going to give it to me now, you're going to answer me right, right away. Such a tefillah that a person puts in a lush for somebody else when he needs it, it's right away, it's immediate. If you don't have that, so then it's not as immediate. And when Rivka and Davin, that whatever child you give me, it should be from him. So that was secondary, that was later. And maybe it wasn't even a tefillah that he was, that she was asked Davin for him. It wasn't that same nusach. It was a different nusach that that she was davening, and that's why it was a d- different nusach that she was asking. Shata asid. There's no guarantees of something happening immediately. It's going to happen in the future. But when Yitzchak davens and he has this Messiah of davening for her and not for himself, so he could say right away, Shata nicely giving it to me now, because I'm going to be nanet chila. It's going to happen immediately. If you don't have that, you don't have the school of getting an image. Shout to Austin, you're going to give it. It might be now, it might be later, it might be in ten years. Whenever it comes, it should be from him. But Yitzchak could dive and insist that it's now because look at the way I'm davening. I'm davening for her, even though I have the same sorrow. Now this Messiah that I said that Yitzchak had, where did he have it from? Where did he have it from? Of course, there's only one place that Yitzchak had the Messiah from. And that's Abraham Avinu. Abraham Avinu gave Yitzchak this Messiah of the Gemara Mabakama that if you daven for somebody else when you need that same thing yourself so desperately and you say, no, I'm going to daven for that person, then you are Nanetchila. That's from Abraham Avinu. How do I know that? Because that's what the Gemara Mabakama says. The Gemara Mabakama, that's how the Deism and Aleph asks, how do you know this? Meaning it seems like this was like a well-known school that people said. And the Gemara and Baba Kama asked, give me a, give me a remez for that. Give me a, a makar for that in the Torah. There's, there's a few, that, that's what that whole Gemara and Baba Kama is talking about. Certain things that, you know, that people say, expressions that people say. And the Gemara is looking for, you know, ways to justify that in the Torah. So it says, where do you know it from? So first, one number brings the Gemara and Apostle in Eev, and another man never brings the Apostle by Avraham Avinu. By Avraham Avinu it says that Avimelech, when he took Sarah into his house, thinking that she was Avraham's sister, what happened to him? His whole house got punished, got a plague, that they weren't able to go to the, to, to relieve themselves, and they also weren't able to be mylid. Avraham Avinu comes, the Apostle says, I follow Avraham Avinu, 
HaKadosh Baruch Hu, please save Avimelech, please allow him to have children once again. And then what, what does the next Pasuk say? The next Pasuk says that, that, that Sarah became Hashem Pakad Sarah. Hashem remembered Sarah, Hashem made Sarah uh, able to conceive. So we see from there, Abraham Avinu himself was having a problem having children with Sarah. And Abraham Avinu goes and says what? I know that I have that Sarah, but I'm going to forget about my personal Sarah. I'm going to dive in now for Abimelech who has the same exact Sarah. Vashem, Pachat Sarah. Right away, the first thing that happens, as soon as I dive in for you, even though I need it myself, I get answered right away by Hashem, Pachat Esorah. So Yitzchak had this Yisrael, had this Messiah from Avraham Avinu. So we have Avraham Avinu with his Kayach of Tzirah that rocked the world. He had this Yisrael that you have to dive in for other people. Yitzchak learns from Avraham Avinu by Yitzchak 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 dive in for her. Kiyakari, even though he was an Avraham, he dive in for her. Hashem answered him right away. And we see traces of this Messiah from Yaakov Avinu as well, the Chutah Mishosh. Where do we find that Yaakov Avinu knew this as well? We don't. But I think that we possibly can say it in a Chazal that's very bothersome. We know that Rachel was a tzaddikus. And Rachel, even though she desperately wanted to have a family and she wanted Yaakov as her husband, but she gave over the simonim to Leah, her sister, so that she shouldn't be embarrassed. We know the story. And then Yaakov married Leah. A man he had to work extra to get Rachel. We know the whole story. And guess what happens? No good deed goes unpunished. She was a tzaddikis rachel. You'd think that she would have, you know, all the kids in the family. But life doesn't always work out that way. We don't always have a happy ending to every story right away, at least. And Leah, who was the one that wasn't supposed to be married to Yaakov, she was supposed to be married to Esau, Papa. All of a sudden, what happens? She has Reuven, Shimon, Levi. You're like, one after another, she keeps getting pregnant and she keeps having the shift they call one after another after another. Guess what happens to Rachel, the Tzadikas? Nothing. Rachel sees that she didn't give birth to Yaakov. This is in next week's parasha. Parasha Vayetze. She sees that nothing is happening with her. She's not giving birth. She gets understandably jealous of her sister. And she says to Yaakov, Give me children. And if you don't give me children, I'm going to die. Rashi says, Rachel looks at Yaakov and says, is this what your tati did to your mommy? He just sat on his hands and did nothing when he saw that his wife was not able to conceive, was not able to have a baby, just did nothing. He just walked too bad. He died. 
This isn't what your father did. The next pasuk says, how did Yaakov respond to this this uh, attack of Rachel to him? Yaakov got very upset. Yaakov is a strong Russian. He got angry at Rachel. Yaakov, he says, Am I in place of God that I'm the one that's holding you back from having children? What's your tain on me? That I should be like my father. I should daven for you. Like my father daven for Rivka. Apples and oranges. I'm not like my father. different. Why? My father didn't have children. Yitzchak didn't have a child, and Rivka didn't have a child. Ani yeshli banim. Me, I have children. Baruch Hashem, I'm having a, a growing family. I have. Mimcha manavarani many. It's from you. Asher manim mimcha. It's your problem. It's not my problem. Now, this is a very, very difficult Rashi to understand. Now, this isn't the Yaakov Vina that we know. Yaakov Vina was a Tzadik Adar. Yaakov was the Ishtam Yeshev Aholim. How is Yaakov talking to his distraught wife in this manner? Huh, it's not my father. My father, he didn't have children. I have children. Oh, is that a nice thing to say? If I was Yaakov, I would say, Yes, dear, I'm going to go and daven. You know, where's the sitter? What's he started giving a whole tire for here? But I think that what Yaakov was saying is, Rachel, we have a Messiah in our family. This is the secret to success in Tzvilah that I have from Avram and from Yitzchak. There's one way to be guaranteed that our prayers work, and that is when you daven for somebody else and you need that same exact thing, then you will be answered right away. Now, that Messiah worked for Abram when he died in Tavimelech, and that Messiah worked for Yitzchak when he died for Rivka. You know why? Because Sarah didn't have a child, and they together, you know, were having issues, and they needed, they needed a Yeshua. Yitzchak, Rivka didn't have a child, and Yitzchak didn't have a child, and when he was died, they were both Akaros. And when he davened, he davened for her instead of him. But me, I have children. Baruch Hashem, I have Shiftei Kog growing. Yehuda, Reuven, Shimon, Levi, or great mishpach I have. I would love to daven for you, and I do daven for you. But you're telling me that you have a tain on me that I'm not making miracles happen? It's not my... I can't, I can't control the facts over here that I have children, and being that I have children, I am not in the predicament of I'm just not. I'm not like my father. My father davened because he didn't have children, and yet he gave up that personal feeling for her, for Rivka, for my mother. That works every time. 
I'm trying to daven for you, but it's up to God. I can't control God. I don't have that leverage on him of not needing it, of, of needing it myself and not davening for myself but davening for somebody. I don't have that. That's how strong this Gemara is. We sometimes, I think everybody in the room knew that Chazal before they came into the Shmuz about Amavakish, Rachma, Chadeh, but we look at it like a trick. It's like a schooler. You know, you want to get something to happen. Okay, you know, you daven for me, I'll daven for you. You know, there's a song about it, there's a website about it. You know, it's like a trick. It's like, you need a, you need a cop, daven for me, I'll daven for you, and it'll work. But what we're seeing today, I think a pattern developing, is that it's not a trick. This is the aside of Tfilah. This is not a clumps. This isn't a trick. This is the whole davening. Davening is about davening for somebody else. Even though I need something myself, I'm going to dedicate my Tfilah to you. That's how davening works. You want to be answered, this is the Skula. This is the Messiah. Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov knew this Messiah, and it wasn't a trick. It was the Etzim HaTfilah. When all things fail, and when you need a Yeshua, this is the way to do it. This is not another solution. This is the solution. Daven for somebody else. And when you daven for somebody else, even though you should be davening for yourself, you put that on hold, and you put them on the main stage of your life, that's the way for Tzvilas to be Niskabo, period. Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov. Now let's understand a little bit the lumbus of why this works. Why does this work? Rabbuna Mipshischa, the great Hasidic master, he says very poshut, he says, then the schar, that you're mevato, you're rotsin, you have a natural rotsin to daven for yourself when you're in a sara, but you give up that rotsin. You break that rotsin, you daven for somebody else, he says, the schar is so great that you did that. You're mevata, you're rotsent for somebody else that HaKadosh Baruch is going to make you saved before your friend. The Ksav Sefer says something similar but a little deeper, I think. And I'm going to sort of elaborate in my own words on what I think he means. But he might not mean it. There's a Pasuk in the Chumash that says probably one of the most famous Pesukim if not the most famous Pasuk by the way just parenthetically there's a um, in the Hakdama to, to the Enyata if he brings a Medrash I think the Maral brings it as well that there was a debate amongst Amira and what was the most famous what was the Pasuk that's the most like a uh, the greatest Pasuk of all time. You know, we always, we're infatuated with lists and like, you know, rating things and the Forbes, you know, the hundreds richest people, the hundred most powerful people. We like, we like knowing like, you know, Pacos, who won? And there's a debate amongst different Tanoim what the most, what the most fundamental Pasuk in the entire is. And two of the shitas were things that I think most of us, if we would make an informal, you know, vote over here, would probably vote also for. 
One said Shema Yisrael Hashem Lekein Hashem Echad, and the other one said Ha'afur Echad Kamaychad. Two very good, very good selections. And then there was a third Shita that said something that I don't think anything in the room, anyone in the room would say, and that was Es Hakeves Echad Tased Abaker. Some pasuk that we, I think we laid on today in Rosh maybe, but you know, it's like you bring one pasuk, one one kavis in the morning, and one kavis to do in the afternoon. I mean, that is not. That would be probably like the last pasuk that I would choose in the Torah. A lot other pasukim that I think we would all choose before. I'm like Hashem, like Echa, and you know, uh, uh, you know, there's, there's plenty of pasukim. And guess who won the vote? They took a vote. And that last Amaro, Atana won. He won. He was like, he was crowned, uh, you know, he got the best puzzle. And obviously this, this medrash is a, a Darshner's dream. Because it's so, I, when I was a kid and growing up in Long Beach, so in the summer, there were, um, you know, the summer, like the population in the, in the Jewish community of Long Beach swelled. Because everybody came out, you know, it was like a beach town. So in the summer, people from all over would rent houses in Long Beach to, you know, to, you know the, firm, the, the firmer people would leave. They were smart. They rented their houses to the, to the not-firmer people, and you know, they made a fortune. But, um, but, you know, all the people in the yeshiva community, they packed out in the summer. They didn't want to be there. But all the, you know, less-firmer people, I guess, they came to uh, Long Beach. And we had the benefit of, of having, uh, you, know, you know, a lot of interesting people and a lot of famous people and a lot of even great Rabbanim. And now that I said that, you know, why they came to Long Beach, I can't say which Rob this was, but he was the greatest Darshner that I've ever heard in my life. I've heard a couple of good Darshanim, you know, in my lifetime, but he was far and away the best, the best, hands down. And uh, he had like a he had like a British accent, which always really helps. Whatever that whatever British people say, like when they speak, they sound like they are you know like Shakespeare. Like whatever they could say, they could like be saying the silliest things, but like it sounds brilliant. And then, and he said this medrash, and he said it with such a geschmack, like he made it like everybody was on. The, normally everybody's sleeping in shul, you know, every, and like he had like the whole place on the edge of their seats. And he basically explained, as you would expect, that there's an Indian of is that the Indian of being consistent and constant in life, that's the most fundamental thing that a Yid could do. More than more than more than but being a Yid means consistency. Every day, you do an Abayd in the morning, you go to Shachris, you go to Mincha, Mayev, Shachris, Mincha, Mayev, Shachris, the whole life, every day, not just Rosh Hashanah Kippur, but every single day, that's what it is. Anyway, but there is a Pasuk of the Hatzadu Kamaycha, which is a very famous Pasuk. It might not have won that election, but it still is a quite a, a Chashu Pasuk. What is that Pasuk saying to us? Everybody knows it, everybody it rolls off the tongue. What is it? The Ahatulakamecha means that whatever I want for myself, I should want for you. And whatever I don't want for myself, I should not want for you. So when I see my friend that's in a terrible tsara, and that's something that I would not want to be in, 
I have to worry about him. I have to love him so much that I worry about him. And when I see a friend that's in a, a simcha, I have to be happy for him also because I, I'm, I would be happy for myself if I was marrying off a child or if I was getting married myself, I would be the happiest guy. So if I see you marrying off a child or you getting married, so I should be happy for you. That's the Ahaftu There's one problem. Unless I actually am going through the tsar myself, I can't really completely relate with what you're going through. If at Manulitzlan you see a person that's having a tsar of some sort, a person that Leoleno loses a close relative, a person that Leoleno can't find the shit up and he's getting older, a person that can't have a child, a person that has terrible parnas issues that he doesn't have a job. I could sort of commiserate and I could sympathize, but I can't relate because Baruch Hashem, I have a job. Baruch Hashem, I have children. I got married. So I could sort of understand. I could, you know, I could, I could imagine what it must be like, but I can't be there for you. I can't be, it can't be Kamecha. It can't be the Ahakulerecha Kamecha because I'm not in that match. I could dive into you, but what is it worth already? Because I can't really relate with you. But when a person is going through that sorrow himself, when a person, let's say, himself is out of work, and now I see my friend also out of work, I know what you're going through very well because I'm going through that same crisis myself. When a person sees somebody that's sick, and he's also sick, I know what you're going through because I'm going through that myself. The Ahatulayacha Kamecha dictates that you're supposed to consider your friend like you. But it's very hard to do that unless you are in his shoes. And very seldom are we in his shoes. When we are in his shoes, and we're able to really be Mekayim that Mitzvah Kamecha, look at your friend and see yourself. Because we're both going through the same thing. And now I'm not even davening for myself, I'm davening for you. Because I know what I'm going, what you're going through. I know what you're going through, I know how you're suffering, because I'm suffering too. And yet I'm going to put my own suffering on hold. And without my tailor and daven for you, that's the most amazing power in Silo. There's no greater power in Silo, because then you're taking the Tfila and you're infusing it with a dose of the Hathorecha Kamecha. You're being Mekayim Hathorecha Kamecha when the Rabbi sees how you're really giving up everything for your friend because you can relate with him and you can relate to him now. And you're giving up your tefillah for him. You're being Meisar Nefesh of your tefillah for him. Now you could save him. You can't save him with your tefillah when you're not able to really understand what he's going through. But when you can understand what he's going through, now your tefillah packs a punch. Because I know what you're going through. I care about you. I love you. I'm going to give my tefillah for you because I truly understand what you're going through. It's only at that point that we're able to really feel the tzara ourselves, that we could daven for somebody else and have a real impact.
Last night I went, um, as I do, I try to go every year to the Aguda Convention on, on Thursday night. Uh, Thursday night there's a, you know, like a big session of, um, you know, of, of uh, like a, it's like sort of like a major uh, forum for, you know, Gedeirim and, and, and Rabbonim, you know, and they good speakers and it's just a nice, a nice place to be on a Thursday night and they have free chillant. And uh, so it's a good place to be, even if you're not deserving. And um, so what happened was, I took Shlaimo there, and we went, and my good friend, Rabbi Ephraim Shapiro from North Miami Beach, NMB, was, uh, was, was, um, was the speech that we came to. I had a chasna of a Talmud before that, and we went after that. So we came just in time for my friend's speech. And he said, uh, he spoke, as he always does, very, very well. Um, and, but he said one vote that really resonated, and I wrote it down so I could share it with you today, and it was from Rebbeinus and Ibershitz. And Rebbeinus and Ibershitz asked a great question. He says, we know that Shevet Levi was not included in the Sheba to Mitzrayim. Now, Parah gave them a, you know, a free pass. You don't have to be in the Sheba to Mitzrayim, it's fine. You don't work, it's okay. And, you know, we go through our whole lives, like, just accepting that as normal. It's normal. Okay, Parah didn't say the lady. They were off of, what, all of a sudden, Parah was a big tzaddik. All of a sudden, Parah, he's not, not, not an evil man. Now he's Master Tyra. It's Master Shave Levi. You have to sit and learn in Cairo, and, you know, everybody else, they have to work, but you don't. Well, Parah became more chashuv than, you know, than, than most of us are. Like, we don't understand Cairo, and, 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 and Parah did. So Rebbeinus and Ibershitz asked this question and he says the following words. He said that Pari knew from his astrologers that the Mashiach Shal Yisrael was going to be born. And he wanted desperately that the Mashiach Shal Yisrael should not be the Mashiach Shal Yisrael. He knew that if that Mashiach Shal Yisrael, whoever it may be, would be born and not killed and not stopped, Kali Yisrael will be saved and it will be terrible for him. So he had to do whatever he could. First he tried killing the babies, it didn't work. Plan B was, and I guess the astrologers told him that this baby was going to be from Sheba Levi. So he says, all right, Sheba Levi, you're off the hook. You don't have to work. Why? Listen to the Russian. Mi she'enei b'tzara if you are not personally in the tzara, if you don't have skin in the game, if you're not part of the Shiva of Mitzrayim, you don't have the capacity to save somebody else. Isn't that a brilliant Yisrael that Rabbi Anderson is teaching us? If Moshe Abeno was able to sit in the palace or sit in Cairo and not have to actually be busy with the Chaimah Mulevain and he didn't have to roll up his sleeves and work and be an Evid himself, he will not have the power to save somebody else. That's Mamash Aravart today. Aravart is that unless a person really is able to fully commiserate and feel somebody else's pain, you can't really save that person. You could dive in, it's all nice, it's good, you feel good about yourself. But to save a person, that only works if you're able to really be in the same sorrow. Feel that sorrow. 
live that sorrow, experience the full depth of that sorrow, then you can go and daven for that person, give up your tefillah, because you're able to fully get it, and just like you daven for yourself with a broken heart, you're going to daven for him now with a broken heart, and that's going to be able to save. That's why Meshach Rabbeinu wasn't B'chal Vashi, because Pari, in his diabolical brilliance, understood that if Meshach Rabbeinu is not working, he's not going to be able to save them, because he can't relate to them. Of course, the godless of Meshach Rabbeinu, the godless of Meshach Rabbeinu is that he was able to transcend the fact that he wasn't personally working and feel the pain of his brethren. That's the godless of Meshach Rabbeinu. And we could have that godless also. We don't have to necessarily be in the same sorrow as somebody else in order to feel the pain. We could actually feel the pain without being in that sorrow. There's a Pachet Yitzchak that says the same part. On a Pasuk in Megillus Esther, the Pasuk in Megillus Esther says that Mordechai begged Esther, you know, you got to take action now. you got to go to Achashverosh, and you got to daven, you got to fast. Do something! And the way he convinced her was, he said something that the Pachet Yitzchak says, if it's not interpreted properly, it's something that's ugly. He said an ugly statement, an ugly accusation he was making to Esther. What did he say? And don't think for a second that you're going to be able to escape the plight of all the Jews by sitting in your ivory tower in the palace in your bubble there. Because if you're silent, the salvation will come from another place. The act you're going to die. You're going to be destroyed. What was he saying to Esther? This is also like, not a, we're learning like, uh, you know, unless these psukim are interpreted, like we walk away as being like, you know, he's not being nice to us. He's being like, like downright mean to Esther. Don't think for a second that you don't, you're safe there in the palace and you can escape, you know, and we're all suffering out here, but you're like, you're, you're, you're protected. No. You're going to die also. It's like not a nice thing. It's mechor, he says. It's an ugly statement that Mordechai seems to be making. And that's why we need the Pachid Yitzchak to give, to give some explanation, to give some commentary to what he meant. And he explains with this Gemara in Baba Kama you ask Racham for somebody else when you need it yourself. You know why? Because you have that broken heart. There is nothing more valuable than a broken heart in Sila. And when you're able to take that broken heart that you have because you're experiencing something so bad yourself, and you're able to donate and contribute that broken heart to somebody else, and daven for them with a broken heart that you and only you know how bad it is, the pain that you're feeling, but I'm saying I'm not going to feel it for myself, I'm giving that heart to somebody else, to you then I will be answered, because that's a, a very, very dynamic and very powerful form of tefillah. And the Pachid Yitzchak says, the Pachid says that that is what Mordechai meant. Al-Tadami bin Hashem. Yeah, I know you're davening. I know you have your tefillah there in your palace. But if you're thinking that you're just davening, you know, but you're safe, and you're just like being at Sadekas and, and davening for, your, for the Jews that are outside the palace, 
and that Nebuchadnezzar are in, in trouble, but you think that you're not in trouble, you're not going to daven with a broken heart as if you were in trouble. It's a different form of davening. Don't think that. When you're davening, understand that you yourself are personally going to die also. And when you think personally you're going to die, it's an altogether different feel of. You know, it occurred to me this week that, and we don't know the, you know, why HaKadosh Baruch does things, but when we're davening every day, the tilim after davening, for Achena Bnei Yisrael and Eretz Yisrael who are going through such tragedy, imagine like the trauma, I mean, we think of people our age, but imagine like what children are going through. Imagine like you see, you know, you see pictures and the kids in your class are talking about like Arabs, you know, with, with butcher knives and cleavers and, and like big, you know, these are like little pocket knives, not as, and even if they were, that would, that would be a, an ace of in and These are these Arabs have, you know, these huge knives they have. Imagine like walking in the street and like, you know, not knowing if you're going to make it home from school that day. Not knowing if you're going to make, when you get on the bus, if there's not going to be somebody that stabs you while you're standing on the on the bus, you're sitting on the bus. It's a pachad. And we get it on a certain level, but not really. We dive in, we're saying, you know, maybe the first day we meant it much more, and by now it's just, okay, you know, just say your tillum. Now, I don't know, but I don't think that the tillum that, you know, we say with that attitude is really going to stop the they start of the to show. It's, we're doing it for us. We're doing it, we have to do something, this is like, this will make us feel good about ourselves. But this week, it came very close to home because last week, about this time, in Eretz Yisrael, we had a Tamina Yeshiva that was in Hebron and was actually shocked by an Arab and, 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 and suffered and felt the pain. And, and, and maybe after the Shparcho, if we can use that you know, for our own benefit to a certain degree, maybe after the Shparcho is sending us a signal like, like you're not absolved. Every one of us is in, is in the same danger. If we think that we're safe here in America, you know, everything is fine here. Yeah, if we're davening for those, those Jews in Eretz Israel that are on the front lines, the davening is not a davening. But if we know that we could also have it happen to us, either when we go to Eretz Israel, or it could happen much more locally. I mean, there are people today that are being stabbed all over the world. There are Jews yesterday, in, I think in, in Italy, a uh, Chabad uh, Rav was stabbed. This is my Sibachayim now, in America, in, in, you know, in, in, in England, in, in countries all over the world. This is going to, you know, this can happen to us. And only when we realize how personal it is and how it hits home, can our tefillah really, really be turbocharged? Otherwise, it's just another one of our boring, bland, vanilla tefillahs. The Yisrael of tefillah, not a trick. It's not a school. It's a Yisrael, a Messiah that we have from our Aves HaKadoshim, that the way to daven is to put yourself into that other person's place, either real or, or truly imagining as if you were, and then daven for that person as if it was your own. Sarah, but you're not davening for yourself. Even though your tzara is yours, you're putting your own tzara away for a moment and davening with that broken heart for him or for her. That's the kayak of tefillah. That's when tefillah actually works. 
And if you see throughout the whole Shemayna Esther and the whole Davening, Rifayinu Hashem B'nei Rafei, Slach Lonu Avinu Kichatanu, Hashiveinu Avinu, it's all in the plural. The Achasadikim says in Shara Simcha that the reason why it's in the plural is because if you're just davening for your own Rafua and your own Yeshua and your own Slicha, that's not a davening. How can you daven just for yourself and not have your fellow good in mind? How can you daven that I should feel better and think that, that God is listening when you're not caring about somebody else? It's Rafa'inu, it's when you contribute your heart to somebody else. That's when Akash Baruch is so amazed by our selflessness, by our dedication, by the That's when the tefillah works. It's the chesed that we have in our tefillah that makes the tefillah real. Selfishness in tefillah is okay, but selflessness in tefillah is everything. Good quote. Um... You know, speaking of good quotes, Abshraga Feilman Delovitz had one of the great quotes. He used to say, you know, sometimes Bachrim go into Shir, and let's say there's not enough, you know, chairs in the, you know, in the Shir room, and, uh, you know, a lot of people want to come in, so what do you do? You bring, a, you bring a chair for yourself to come into your Shir. He says like this, he used to say to the Bachrim, he says, when you bring a chair into Shir, and you know, you look, you pick up a chair and you're like carrying it into the shear. He says, you look like a schlepper. You're a schlepper. You're bringing one chair into shear. You look like, you know, you look like a schlepper. You look like a schlepping. But when you bring two chairs into shear, one for yourself and then one for somebody else because somebody else is going to need to sit down, not just you, now suddenly you're not a schlepper anymore. Now you're transformed into a balchesed. You just graduated from a schlepper into a balchesa. That's like going from, you know, from a GED degree to a PhD in one, in one moment. It's not like a little better. It's like, it's like Shemayim and Aretz. It's so easy to be a balchesa. But yet we continue to be schleppers. We dive in, we dive for ourselves. Every time we open up our sitter, it's, you know, I need a good grade, and I need a good shidduch, and I need a good this, and I need a good that. And me, 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 me. It's all about me. Tefillah is just about me. It's like, you know, going to Tati and asking this, that, and the other. And that's what Tefillah is to us. That's a babyish way of looking at Tefillah. We have to graduate from that conception of Tefillah to understanding that Tefillah is about chesed. Tefillah is about, not about me. Of course, I'm also relevant but it's about everybody else in Yisrael. I want to give my tefillah to you and to you and to you. I want to not just have that I should feel better, but I want you to feel better. I want you to have tshuva. I want you to have slicha. I want you to have bracha. I want you to have shalom. When we're able to take a tefillah and transform it from a personal request into a public supplication, we go from being a schlepper to being a Baal I had a rabbi used to say that, you know, I don't know if you ever noticed, but not necessarily here in Yeshiva, but you go to any shul, now it's already, you know, people are saying till him after davening for the Matzah and Yisrael. What happens? As soon as you finish, you are davening. As soon as you finish the, the Shur Shul and you stay, stay for the Kaddish, 
What happens? Even though you hear, you know, what do you do? You run out. You have to catch the train. You have to catch the bus. You have to go study. You have to do this and that. And the he says that you have to stay for tilling. Even though everybody runs out, you think davening is over, now you're in the extra innings. You know, this is like the bonus round. You don't have to stay for the bonus round. You're already davening. What does God want? So he says that Sila itself is the machlekes, whether it's Daraisa or Drabanam. It's machlekes, Ramban and Ramban, whether or not it's Daraisa or Drabanam. But Chesed, the Ahatlerecha Kamecha, everybody agrees that Chesed is. Chesed is a deraisa. He says, so we're running out to accomplish a drabonon and missing out on a deraisa. So that's, 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 that's ridiculous. There was one thing that always bothered me about this tomorrow. One thing that always bothered me about this Gemara, and that is, maybe it bothered you also. What's the shot? Hu nana If you ask for something for your friend, and you need the same thing, so you're answered first. So when I learned that Gemara, I said, oh, it's great. Okay, now, now I have some incentive. The Gemara just gave me an incentive. I'm going to dive in for you. If let's say we both need a shidduch, Okay, and I want to get married really badly, and you want to get married really badly. It's a race between you and me. So I'll daven for you. If I daven for you first, then I get, I'm going to get a shit up first. There's something wrong with that tomorrow, right? It's like, it's like, doesn't make sense. Something doesn't sit well. It's like, you know, it's like a, it, it's, if it says that who nana, that's a school for, you know, for being answered. Okay, that I, that's good. But why do I have to be nana tchila? It sounds so selfish. You know, I'm going to be answered first. Like, Nebuch, this guy also needs Yeshua, but I'm going to be answered first because I'm davening for him. Something's wrong about that. Unless they say that Tchilo means you'll be answered immediately, not, not first. But I think most people understand it as being first. And I think the shot is, it just occurred to me today during davening, which is when most of my best thoughts occur to me, unfortunately. Um, and that is as follows that the Gemara doesn't mean that you are Nana and you beat him to the punch. What the Gemara means is, is that if you're a type of person that is asking Rachman for your friend when you need it, but you're such a good person that you are being that you want to be like my friend, I want to love my friend like me. And I know that he's going through the same sorrow as I am, so I'm dedicating my feeling to him right now because I love him like I love myself. I'm not going to down for me, I'm going to down for him. It's a different me. The definition of me has now changed. I'm a different person. I'm a person that's now a broad, expansive human being, and I envelop you in me. I colonized you and me. Like a, I forgot which one, what is it, paramecium? Which, who's taking pre-med over here? Paramecium, right? It's sort of, there's some type of organisms 
that are able to, they don't have a mouth to swallow something, so they, if they see something they want to ingest, they sort of go and they move around it, and it's sort of like, it just, the blob expands and it becomes part of them. The organism envelops it and takes it in and sucks it in. And now that organism is Kairo both organisms. Who nanatchila means we're we're both going to be ants for now. Because I am you and you and you are me. We're together now. We're together, we're one. Who nanatchila doesn't mean that I myself am gonna I don't know, you're you're left to your own devices, but I'm I'm good. I'm saying God is going to take care of me. Whatever happens to you, you should have died first. Sorry. I wish you would have known that Gemara, but I knew the Gemara, so I'm, I'm good. Who me? Who is me? I am now me and you. We're together. I have now incorporated myself as being a conglomerate of both of us. There's a Gemara, there's a, a Pasuk that says that Sarah says, When people hear that I had a baby, everyone's going to be happy. And Rashi says that when Sarah was nifkedah, all of the barren women in the world were also nifkedah. Why? Why did that have to happen? Why is that miracle necessary? Zok the Velt. I don't know exactly who says it, but the Velt says, whenever you don't know who says something, just say the Velt says, it sounds good. The Velt says the following. The Velt says that Sari Menu was such a tzaddik, she was a Vahaflu Echa person, that Akrishvaku knew that if you would give her a baby, after 90 years of davening and crying, you would give her a baby. And and other people would still be suffering childless, the simcha would not be a simcha for her. How could I be happy? I'm supposed to be happy with a child holding this baby when I know how many people are crying themselves to sleep not holding a baby? I can't do that. Sarah Imena was, she was royalty. Sarah is a Malashna of, of to be a royal person. And she was Kyle of the world. And she understood how she wasn't just herself. She wasn't in it for herself. She was everybody. HaKadosh Baruch Hu had to make every single Akara have a baby in order for Sarah to be able to have a Simcha that was complete. Because Sarah wasn't just Sarah. Sarah was everybody. And that's a person that's Mabakesh Racham al We could all become like Sarah. And who menetchila? What is who? Who is the new and improved me? It's not just that me. I'm going to be answered immediately and 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 first. I'm going to be answered immediately and first. But that answer, what's the answer? The answer is that you're both going to have what you want. Hakadosh Baruch is going to give you what you want, and the person that you're diving for what you want, because that is you. You are the person who you're diving for because you gave up your own personal feeling for him or for her. And that makes you and him one. Who nanatil, you're going to be answered, but you are you are not you anymore. You have been transformed from being a shrepper to being a balchesed. You didn't bring just one chair, you brought two chairs. You didn't just have them for yourself, you have them for yourself and for somebody else. And you even put that other person before your tefillah. You're a different person.
your Hunan Atchila, that davening, that fear will be answered, but in such an expansive way. And that's the way to daven. It's not a trick. This is not a trick. This isn't a kunz. This is something that is Aleph Bez of Tefillah. When we're davening from now on, since I saw this chat of the, of the Al-Sheikh and, and did a little research into you know, what we shared today, my Tefillah has been a little bit different, I'm proud to say. And when I daven, I don't just think about myself. I say refrain and I think about this. Probably a lot of people in the hospital that need a refuah. I might not be feeling so well today, but okay, but there's other people that are really sick and let's daven for them. And let's daven for the people out there that are not doing so well in Yiddishkeit and they need to do tshuva, they need slicha, they need kapara, they need bracha, they need yeshua, they need gurula, they need shalom, they need haidah, they need everything. Let's expand our scope in davening. Let's expand the scope of our lives. And then Hunan Etchila. HaKadosh listens to a person that's a, that's a Baal Chesed. We could transform our Tefillah every day, even if you hold that it's a Durabonan Tefillah. We could make our Tefillah Dairaisa when we think about other people in the Tefillah. The Achorech HaKamaycha is a Pasuk in the Torah that we can be Mekayim with every word of Tefillah that we say if we're able to remember this important Yisrael. And in Mitzvah Hashem we will, and have a wonderful Shabbos.